The Spanish announce table. Your video recording already, right? Mm-hmm. Got this. I'm okay, ready to go. Recording. I am audio recording. Audio is video recording. recording. Okay. Audio is recording. This is a test of the microphone. Audio is recording. This. I'm actually going to start the episode. Hey, it's episode three sixteen of the Spanish announce table. Did you hear glass breaking, Tom? I didn't. Oh man. I oh, man, I should have known that. We didn't think about this late. Tom was gonna dress up like Stone like, Cold Steve you, Austin. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I would have put up a, a three sixteen Austin themed Yeah. What am I talking about? I'm actually here on site at WrestleMania 30. I hopped in the Spanish announced time machine. Fun fact, Daniel Bryan's gonna uh, win a match or two here uh tonight. Versus actually Tom. two. Yeah, what are you uh what are you doing, man? What's up with you? I like the hat and the shirt going on there. I'm assuming that's the Kansas City Chiefs shirt as well. Oh, uh... you know what? Actually, this is a special shirt. This is mm. a Kansas City Chiefs community blood shirt because I give uh, yes. and donate blood to our local uh, community blood bank because that is a high need for not only Kansas City but across the country. And so that's I good. donate blood. And because of how many times I've donated, they gave me a free Kansas City Chiefs shirt because Kansas City Chiefs partner with the Community Blood Center. So it's a little double dip of awesomeness. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, the Community Blood shirt. So I like that. Um, so, yeah, just enjoying the week of pro wrestling. Really got a great episode of AEW Dynamite to talk about here in just a second. Uh, obviously, this weekend. Uh, we got playoff football and in my favorite sport of mixed martial arts, uh, the UFC will be making their debut on network television for specifically ABC. Now, they've been on network television in the past. They ha- used to have a deal with Fox, but now they're going to be on ABC. Disney, ABC? Disney, right? So Mickey Family. Mouse will be introduced. Yeah, Mickey Mouse will now introduce TGIF, Conor McGregor. <laughs> Disney, ABC. Now, wow. okay, right. Well, but also let's pump the brakes a little, a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. Well, but also remember in the 1970s, they used to do the worldwide of sports and boxing was on there all the time. And if we're really, you know, splitting hairs here, boxing is way more violent and way more dangerous than MMA. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I I would like to point out that you're swinging out uh, out of the gates here already with some show name possibilities with the term double dip of awesomeness. Uh, I'm impressed, Tom. I'm Thanks. impressed on episode 316, holding nothing back. Uh, yeah. Man, so uh, did you uh, do anything wild and crazy or anything before we talk about all this cool wrestling that happened? Well, not specifically, right? I've just been very mm. busy with uh, my work schedule and things of that nature going at a breakneck speed. But I did want to mention that both you and I were part of a special interview. We got interviewed on another podcast, Wrestling Cheers, good friend of the show, Justin Summers, uh, gave us the opportunity to talk on his show. Uh, I gas bagged. You actually were interviewed. I kind of just, you know, Tasmanian Devil jumped off the walls and I did think, my own thing. I think we stole his show. I think we, like, we started. That. I think we interviewed him on his podcast. Um, I don't think we let him talk, but like three times, if I had to guess, I think, I think we came in and we were like, this is a nice place you got. I'm going to put my feet up on the table here. Uh, you got, can you grab me a beer, please? Your wife's got a nice ass. Um, let me change the channel. This show sucks. Right. And we just took over and, uh, you know what? That's what we do. We can provide said services, uh, 
You know what I mean? We we gave that service to our friend Justin for free, you know, because he's a nice guy and we like him. But we can, you know, if you'd like to send us a check, we'll come do the same thing for you. Yeah, so it was Wrestling Cheers was the podcast. The topics that we did cover, if you are interested in giving that a listen, which we hope you do listen to it, Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about the upcoming game between the Cleveland Browns and the eventual winners of the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also Mm -hmm. talked about independent pro wrestling. Yeah, and we also I hopped in the Spanish announced time machine and went and looked. Chief. I mean, come on. We all know. Uh, well, I it, went to, I, I put in like Super Bowl into the Spanish announced time machine and it said, please don't. Gas is expensive. Chiefs. And, yeah. then, and then I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And I just hopped and I came here instead. But we did have a really interesting conversation about independent pro wrestling because obviously on this show, we're going to be focused more on AEW and then any other nationally televised shows, WWE and maybe even a little bit of Impact Wrestling. Uh, So we never really talk about that uh, on this podcast. So if you want to hear our thoughts about kind of just the general uh, state of independent pro wrestling, at least from our lens, uh, check that out as well. Uh, And maybe as... Tim alluded to since we kind of kicked our feet up on his couch and said, this is our house. Fuck your couch. Uh, maybe we will in return, bring him on our podcast and yes. then, uh, you know, let him say, go fuck yourselves. The Browns are the best. Baker Mayfield might be a mental midget, but he can throw that ball. Yeah. I mean, God, it's going to be so great, Tim, in the fourth quarter when Baker Mayfield <laughs> trying to get revenge on Patrick Mahomes rolls out of the pocket and just throws a fucking interception to Tyron Matthew. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Oh, so or dirty great. Dan. It's probably going to be dirty yeah. Dan. Yeah. Oh, one of the two. Yeah. It's going to be First of all, so Sorensen awesome. is going to spear somebody in half at some point in this game. Uh Daniel Sorensen, like he's done a streak of about five straight games that I can think about where he almost knocked the Nikes off of somebody. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited for this game. Well, and you ah, know it's who gonna be fun. it's gonna be May- Baker Mayfield getting out of pocket and trying to do too much and costing him the game. That's what I think is gonna happen. Actually, I know it's gonna happen, but it's going to be really fun and interesting to see Mr. Oh, we're gonna take this personal Kareem Hunt get fucking smacked in the face by our defense. Anthony Hitchens, Chris Jones, they haven't forgotten, right? They were on the team when Kareem Hunt was on the on that squad. And if you're going to say it's personal, well, then it's, you know, on the other side too, pal. And Chris Jones is not a uh, small man, so you better, you know, watch your ass there, you know? Chris Jones is not a small man. Um, I will give you that. But Wrestling Cheers was awesome. It was a fun time. Um and and you should listen to it. And let's get into it, Tom. Let's talk about some pro wrestling. AW Dynamite is what we yeah. kick it off with, right? We're gonna do, do deep dive into that because uh, it's a such a fun show. So many revolving aspects. We love it. What do we got? Yeah. So this was AW Dynamite New Year's Smash Week Two. And it kicked off right off the bat with the amazing match. It was Pac versus uh, you know, my best friend, Eddie Kingston, in what is just an incredible way to start off uh, AEW Dynamite. Uh, Pac does defeat Eddie Kingston, but before we kind of do more of a deep dive, Tim, what did you think of this match? Same thing. It was just brutal, right? These guys, uh, there might have been some real, you know, old yeah. you know, aggressions in there. There might have been like, you know what, in that one time you fucked, you know, yeah. Uh. 
Well, and it kind of felt like, and maybe this was a work, but it felt like a shoot for as long as I've seen pro wrestling. Maybe yeah. Eddie Kingston had a lower back or tailbone injury. I don't know. He was he was laboring uh, towards the end of that match with maybe a shoot injury. But I tell you what, the thing that I left with with this match is Pac is awesome, right? Pac is great. I like that he keeps on looking strong. You know, now he has victories over Eddie Kingston. Uh, going back to the beginning of last year, uh, an amazing 30-man Ironman match victory over uh, Kenny Omega. So, like, he's looking strong as it strong as ever but eddie kingston i think eventually we have to turn him babyface because he is so believable with his selling now again that injury might have been real at the end but it's that sympathetic babyface where he's fighting and scratching and clawing just to keep up with the rest and you get behind someone like that and i understand eddie kingston cuts a great heel promo and he does amazing work as a heel i'm not trying to say like his heel work is bad in the slightest but same promo yeah he can cut that same promo but we can really get someone in that babyface realm with the elite because right now it's like the elite and then everyone else is mid card and we can elevate eddie kingston i feel like into that stratosphere all eddie kingston has to do is eliminate the things that sound like i'm just gonna murder you because you're standing there right like that's the only thing he has to eliminate to to make his not like explicitly heal like Mm -hmm. he is so much like kevin owens in wwe because it's that world and is the much it's the much more polished and family friendly like he could be that same kind Mm -hmm. of thing over there but eddie kingston's the much more gritty real like real guy version of that like where a whole bunch of people are going to identify with him he will also help that just because he's that good on a promo Mm -hmm. um and and you're right like it he in many places and against so many opponents will visually appear as though he's the underdog trying to fight for his for his scraps even though he's you know what i mean he's a tough bastard right we know that but that's it like he's he's the everyman but he's got that silver tongue that they sh- – yes, I agree 100%. Especially after you've come in – it works so much better when somebody starts out as an amazing heel and then they flip that switch. You bring a guy in like Eddie Kingston with no you know, no notice like they did and try to make him a face right off the bat probably wouldn't work as well. But I think now if you found a way, a real good story to turn him face, yes, he could be probably one of your top folks in the company if not the top guy. Yeah, and so they're trying to be a little more on the mainstream TV, so maybe not your top guy, but I think he could be a huge star for them. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe not put him, you know, on the magazine covers or doing the morning shows or whatever it is post pandemic when we can actually do those things again. But that, you know, hey, the top three baby faces are, you know, this person, this person, and Eddie Kingston, or this person, Eddie Kingston, and another person, things like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Post match, though, we did see. Uh, a, a brawl ensue between the family and the death triangle. Lance Archer then comes out. One thing that's starting yeah. to become interesting though, is he, he almost feels like a man on an Island where he's not necessarily aligning with the death triangle. He just doesn't like the family. And I can see that maybe moving forward. Cause Lance Archer did, you know, uh, get a shot at the world heavyweight championship. Like I mentioned, Pac has a lot of great credible wins to make mm-hmm. himself a potential number one contender. So maybe we see a Lance Archer Pac feud, not based in any type of 
uh, real rivalry, but just like I'm the number one contender. Well, no, fuck you. I'm the number one contender. And maybe that's where we go with those two. And then again, do another yeah. reset with Eddie Kingston. I think another spot where Eddie Kingston, before we go baby face with him, is he puts a spotlight on every feud he's in, right? So he does does this one with Pac and the Death Triangle. Before that was John Moxley. Before that was, you know, the the Cody tryout match that just had everyone raving. Maybe move him down the card just for a little bit and give him the opportunity to put some shine on a Scorpio sky on, you know, uh, maybe one of the members from top flight or just someone like that, where it's like, these guys are almost there, but they could get to the next level. And Eddie Kingston could definitely help him with that. He absolutely could do that. Yep. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things you could do with Eddie Kingston there. Uh, This Lance Archer thing is, that was interesting, but I also like that, as you've said before, if they don't have a whole lot of an idea, then don't hit me over the head with the one that you got, right? Stretch yeah. it out a little bit. So if now I'm wondering, like, well, why did he just come in and, and you know what I mean? He kind of helped them, but it looked like they were going to kick Eddie Kingston's ass anyway. So, like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, and then he's just telling them to, like, you know what I mean? Like, get in line, basically. But, like, I thought Pac was the leader, right? So what's, I, I don't know. That yeah, interesting, it's a, but it's know, a little murky. Yeah, it's yeah. a little murky, but I do think uh, the feeling I had post segment was that we're going to probably see Lance Archer and Pac in a pissing competition to see who the who the badass is, and, and I think that'll eventually lead to all right. We're going to make a match. Finally, it's going to be Pac versus Lance Ar- Archer. The winner is the new number one contender for Kenny Omega. Like, because Kenny Omega right now, even though his storyline is amazing, there's no one. I know John Moxley is still in that realm, but eventually that's going to transition to something else. And so once John Moxley transitions out of that spot. That has to be filled by somebody, and I think that's where either Lance Archer or Pac uh, would would fit in just just great. So as we move on with uh, the night, we move to the second match. It was Chuck versus excuse me Chuck Taylor uh, with Orange Cassidy taking on Miro with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Uh, Miro gets the victory, which means Chuck has to be his butler for a month. Uh, a little notice sticky, they changed but... up. Uh, notice they changed up the name of what he was gonna be. Like I know that was a Japanese wrestling term, and I don't want to shit on like the the culture, and I get it, right? But when you're catching folks who don't know that and they don't care about independent wrestling, they don't care about um, you know Japanese wrestling. You guys keep throwing around the term young boy in this like subservient slave manner. People aren't gonna be like, hey, that sounds wonderful, guys. What are you talking about again? You're gonna give. Yeah. By the way, keep getting in your like short tights and wrestling around in the ring and calling him a young boy. No, so I'm glad. I, I don't know. I hope they stick with Butler at least. They they didn't hit on the young boy. I was like, guys, that doesn't sound good. Like I was just like, you should not drop. You should drop that. So I'm glad they did that. I'm. I still wish it would have went the other way where Chuck Taylor wins and Miro's got to do his stuff. But well, you can still get there. You can have a retribution, you know, match down the road, and they flip the script, which almost might be better. This will still be good because Miro will, I, I would hope, because Miro usually is good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. We've yet to see any like solid footing, I think, for this Miro character. Maybe this can help solidify some of that. Um, and especially if the best friends are going to be on TV less as the team because they're out, then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that time probably might go then to this storyline. So we'll see. I, I'm interested. I'm waiting and seeing, but, you know. 
all of this has been a bit of a like, eh, okay, right? Like as it happens, I've been like, all right, this is fine, but nothing's wowed me yet with this whole like best friends versus Miro and uh, Kip Sabian kind of angle. Yeah, I agree. I think with this match specifically, I did enjoy seeing Miro look like a badass. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was this, I'm going to kick your ass. Stop fucking around here. I'm the man. We all know I'm the man. So let's just fucking get down to the business and let me show you that I'm the fucking man here in AEW. I like that aspect of now we're getting to see Miro be that Bulgarian brute that he was in WWE, but still have those elements of comedy. The only part of this segment, or excuse me, this uh, storyline that's still falling flat is AW, you know, in their short history, has done an amazing job tying up those those loose ends on a storyline where you might not get what your answer is this week, but then in two weeks, they go back to it and they tie that up and then it all makes sense. I'm still waiting on, okay, I get he's the best man. Miro is the best man. But let's get this fucking wedding thing either flushed out and done or, you know, just stop it and say Penelope is, you know, taking a leave of absence. Uh, The engagement's off while she clears her head and then she comes back and then we just kind of just push that wedding stuff to to the side something. But let's this this wedding thing just looms over Kip Sabian, Miro and Penelope Ford. And I think they're better than that. So it's either pull the trigger on the wedding. Let's do it awesome or cut bait move on maybe we we start to see some of those wedding details uh get developed because now they have a butler to take care of task right like that's probably what it's going to be is chuck taylor has to uh pick out the wedding or pick up the wedding cake or you know get the wedding dress dress. yeah try on the dress for penelope ford silly things like that but i'm just I'm almost getting to the point where it's like you either got to fucking say there's a wedding or scrap it because, man, we've been kicking this can down the road a little bit too long for me to be uh, finding enjoyment from it. I agree. After that match, we saw the New Year's resolutions for the Inner Circle, a fun segment, uh, kind of a high-level recap of what happened. They all end up uh, pairing off except for Wardlow interesting enough does not get mm-hmm. uh someone because it is an odd number um but they all pair off to see who's going to be the tag team uh, of the inner circle this one fell flat i'm going to be honest uh, i know yeah. i saw some things especially while i was doing the live uh tweeting at table show if you'd like to join along that people love this segment to me it felt like filler there was some fun jokes in there but this could have done this could have been a backstage promo and not how long it took to to get to where we were going to go. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it hits better in a backstage segment because you can make sure, like, I had to rewind several times to catch what uh, Santana said to MJF as they were, like, sticking their middle fingers up. He said, why is your hand darker than your face? And he was like, whatever. He's like, come on, you're wasting time or something like that. It took me a couple times. I was like, what is he saying to him? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Things like that. Like, you can make sure that stuff hits better. Um, the tag team slut joke was the thing I'll remember the most from it. Like that shit was funny when he was like, you're just a little tag team slut. You were, you know, he's like, you tag with him and he's him. And he's like, I see you talking stupid. You can tag with him. And he was like, what? Maybe <laughs> like just, you know what I mean? Like that's fun. So that's the stuff I'll, I'll take away. But like, you're right. It, yeah. You know what I mean? The, you could have pushed something else, I think, and, and cut that a little more concise. 
made it seem like we're just catching them backstage, you know. Well, and, you know, we've talked about this even to the early days of the Spanish announce table. Now that we've been doing this for seven years, one of my pet peeves, and it, it may just be my thing, but I I enjoy a good in-ring promo when someone's interviewing the talent, right? When Tony mm-hmm. Schiavone is interviewing Sting, when Tony Schiavone is interviewing Kenny Omega or whatever, I like that. That makes sense, right? We're coming yeah, out. Or a call out. Well, but like you know, the like, attraction is the interview for the fans to see yeah. the talent. But when we just do standing in the ring, kind of talking amongst ourselves, man, that's where no the ring should be for action. If you right. want to talk, do that in an interview segment. You know, a sit down interview or, or or things like that. It's just if you're going to be in yeah. the ring, either like you said, call out or. Yeah be a special where someone's yeah. interviewing so like, you but like so how they opened just- raw which we may hit quicker was triple h comes out because he's going to make an announcement right and then randy orton comes out and says f you what are you doing here you know or whatever and then triple h then they start talking right that makes sense that's a mm-hmm. logical thing that would happen if i'm going to a, a quote-unquote organization that's putting on matches of combat sports right they're not gonna do, you know donate a, or you know what i'm gonna say segment a whole bunch of time for randy orton to just hey you just go say what's on your mind randy yeah um, you know what i mean like that doesn't fit right it, so that's better or i do like you know somebody comes out there give me the mic like you get out here right now we're doing this now you know what i mean like that right. fits yeah that kind of thing but anything else like have them walking backstage and like if you've got somebody that you're just gonna like you know Darby Allen's gonna cut a promo. Just have him like grab the guy with the camera, be like, "Give me this," and you know what I mean. Like, just say it into the camera, and mm-hmm. it's fine. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. So again, I liked what it was. It felt like filler to me, though, and I would have yeah, rather right. have seen a different match there. You know, maybe that's where Top Flight gets another match. Maybe the Acclaim comes out against someone else. You could have done something different in my book. Again, that's splitting hairs. But the other criticism that I I, I want to share with the audience and the listeners here is that I love AEW. It is my favorite wrestling promotion currently right now. But man, it is almost getting predictable mm-hmm. of what segment is going to be what segment is going to be what segment. We're going to get a match, which is going to be fun. Then we're going to get Jericho doing something either with the inner circle or calling out who he's feuding with. Then we get the women's match. Then we get the main event. And it's like, switch it up a little bit. You know, one of the criticisms of WWE is they always just come out and talk for 15 minutes. And then that sets Mm -hmm. up the main event at the end of the night, which that's a tired ass format. But you know what I've never seen? I've never seen AEW do it. So just do it one week, right? Like you can flip the yeah. format. You don't have to be like I feel as women's, if they write the show. Can start the show. Exactly. You could have had that Tay Conti and Serena Deeb match right off the bat. That was a great match, and we'll get to that in just a second. But I almost feel like AEW has a a uh, a rundown sheet, the start of and the they show just with copy the and paste. Baker segment. Exactly exactly but i just feel like they have a they have their shot sheet or their rundown sheet ready and each week they just change the date and then copy and paste it and then just move a name of kenny to cody or whatever somebody or some you know few handful of people are clearly in charge of Mm -hmm. you know segmenting and booking that show and this is their golden 
format, yeah. right? And here we go. Um, it, you know, what I'm mean? not saying they're not, it's a they're not failing, right? So right, and that's what know. I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a bad format. Right. I'm just saying it it's fun to switch things up. Not every week. You don't have to have this crazy Tasmanian like schedule where it's like you get two women's matches, then yes, you get a promo, do. then you get a promo, then you get four matches at the end. It's like, man, you don't have to do nope. that. Just do something different. To, yep, I demand that. Hey, I wouldn't mind for one week if they did it. Yeah, right. Do what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Like, just no, do just something kidding. different. No, I agree with you. Once in a while, if, if we were like, uh, like women's match, second match of the night, you know, what I mean? mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be nice. But yeah. it's always right before the main event. And as we continue the rundown, we'll get to it. But next up, we had the elite in air quotes, the elite taking off, taking on Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., and Danny Limelight. This was my favorite moment of the night. I really enjoyed the storytelling here. So what yeah. we had is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with Don Callis, and Don Callis calls an audible right at the end, right before or right before they're supposed to go out, and he goes, "Hey guys, let Kenny Omega come out, then you'll come out." And they're like, "Cool, yeah. whatever." And again, I'm paraphrasing. Like, you guys are big stars, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right. And so Kenny Omega does his, you know, gas bag, long ass intro where North Carolina is always mentioned. And I don't know why. Hashtag tweet the table. Let us know because I still don't get it. Uh, But Kenny Omega comes out. And then right when you expect the Young Bucks to come out, Don Callis says, hey, Kenny Omega's best friends are on their way out. And it's these guys. And it's well, the he even, good he brothers. Says, the good brothers, right? He gives you yeah. that kind of, I'm about to say Young Bucks. Yeah, that was fun. So this is interesting. What what did you make? The match was what it was. Kenny Omega. Yeah, but even uh, the Young Bucks were kind of like, you bitch. Well, and, and Tony right, Khan well, was in that shot too. Yeah. Uh-huh. They did the backstage shot. And Tony Khan, yeah. who I hope isn't turning into an authority figure, but in this instance, it made sense. Uh, but what I wanted to get your opinion on is the match was what it was, right? So the 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 elite win the match, and that's fine, good, uh, everything was good. The the uh, losing team there did get some good offense in. But who do you think made this call? Do you think this is Kenny Omega working almost like Roman Reigns, who tells Paul Heyman what to do? Hey, I don't want the fucking young bucks or as my Don Callis, or is it Don like Callis who's saying, "Hey, Kenny, it's cool." I think these guys will be better. And Kenny just going like, I'm the fucking man. It doesn't matter yeah. who my partners are. I, I can win with anyone. Or is it the four of them who've been, you know what I mean, this whole plan? It's all moving fast, though, right? Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, how much of this are they going to keep rapid firing? Like, the Young Bucks, we never even got a word of explanation about any of this group before the Young Bucks were coming out to see what the deal was. And then they're in. And now they're out like i don't know what's going on like i don't know and and not like we've said i don't necessarily always want to know what's going on but i Mm want to know the basics right like i want to know the start you guys haven't told me the start yet but yet you're three four weeks into this now so um, i think what would be needed i think what would be needed from this storyline is as I mentioned, when an, uh, someone does an interview with the talent, maybe getting Tony Schiavone either backstage, sit down interview, or in the ring with the Young Bucks and say, Hey, two weeks ago, you're super kicking your own talent or our talent, right? He would phrase it that way. Yeah. Like you're super kicking AEW talent to save the impact talent. And then the next week, you get pushed to the 
pushed to the side. What are your thoughts? And then that's where we can hopefully get that foundation of, well, we thought we were in this together too sweet brother, but maybe it was too sweet for us. And, you know, we can get some explanations, hopefully, uh, the interesting part about this where I had some fun is uh, after the elite win the match, John Moxley, man on a mission, comes out. He's trying to kick everyone's ass. So it's a three on one. Out of the blue, uh, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix come out because I guess fuck the good brothers. They just hate everyone, which I love, right? I yeah. just love that uh, the Lucha Bros are like, you know who fucking sucks? All of you. I like Pac, and I don't like anyone else. I like that. So they come out, they make the save, and then there's some more scuttlebutt and all this good stuff. Then the Young Bucks come out to try to cool heads and get everyone under control. And then the Lucha Bros are like, hey, you can get these fucking feet too. Wop! And they super kick them right in the mouth. That was fun. I like that. Because, again, if you have the Lucha Bros as these tag team mavericks that that say like we'll go to triple a and beat your ass we'll go to impact wrestling and beat your ass we'll stay here in aw and beat your ass it doesn't fucking matter who you are you're our boss you're someone you're a young boy who the fuck cares we're gonna super kick all you motherfuckers like i like that story from the lucha bros that was actually my favorite part of the whole segment yeah i just it's still now I'm wondering, like, well, the Lucha Bros involved in this, you know, and John Moxley, and I get like, yes, we've talked about it. it's a traveling circus and everybody hates each other, so you're going to see that. But again, we see that in bits backstage, in small doses that weave in and out of each other. Not everybody all in. This is like the, this is like the SmackDown versus Raw five on five, right, or, or WrestleMania. Four-man women's tag team match. Four-man women's You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah uh, Four-man women's tag team match. Totally four makes man sense. Four-man women's tag team match. That might be the episode. That might be the title. Uh, <laughs> but it just, again, okay, I get it. Young Bucks and, and is, are now conflicted. Are, were they supposed to have been involved or not? Did they just get fooled by Don Callis? There's so many questions, but you keep giving me too many questions now, right? Like, now answer one? Are you going to answer one of them for me, please? All right, one. Right. Give me yeah. one. What is your mission? One. Tell me what the fuck you're doing. I One. I, now, I like it all. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's all like you said. It's all fun. It's fast. It's quick. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's good in this thing. Like, not a person where I'd be like, oh, you, if you would switch this out for somebody else. Everybody's unique, too. I, I like all of it, but I just want an answer yet. I want to know where, you know, what I'm supposed to start angling with this, right? If I were to predict what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. again, I agree with you. I, I, I need storyline answers, but peeking behind the curtain, I think what they're trying to do is, uh, I believe it's this Saturday, Ooh, mm-hmm. or it may have already happened. I don't fucking know. I think it's this Saturday, though. Uh, Impact Wrestling is doing their pay-per-view right. where it's the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega taking on, um, uh uh, what's this fucking team's name? Motor City Machine the, Guns yeah, and yeah, Rich yeah. Swan, right? So then the make good on that is then you bring the Good Brothers into AEW and then they will wrestle maybe the Young Bucks or the Lucha Bros. And I think where the Lucha Bros fit in is let's just say it's Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Young Bucks get the win because the Good Brothers can lose and still be fine, go to Impact Wrestling mm-hmm. and still be fine, right? 
Well, then they need a number one contender. Well, who could that be? It's the Lucha Bros. Remember us from 2019 when we had that awesome, amazing ladder match? We're going to fucking do that shit again, you know, and then we're doing it again. That's where I'm thinking it happens. And then obviously with John Moxley, Kenny Omega, I think we're going to get a rematch because of the controversy from their title match. Uh, so that's where I think they're going to go. But also like what you said, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Every maybe time it's I'm good. Like, All right. Yeah, maybe it's a triple threat. Good Brothers, Lucha Bros, and, and Young Bucks, and they just fucking have fun. I don't know. Yeah. And to their credit, if that was their play, if like they understood that people were saying kind of what we were, like, oh, well, they're just doing another NWO thing, and they went, ha you think that? Man, now they don't like each other again. Ha-ha, right? Like, okay. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not back there. I can't ask. So, uh, But I like the segment overall, for sure. The next match that we had for night two of the New Year's Smash was Jurassic Express. Uh, this of Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy uh, taking on FTR. I like this match a lot. I like that Jurassic Express can show that they aren't just Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And then, oh, by the way, our little friend, you know, Spike Dudley, but it's called Marco Stunt this time around, is with us as well. Like he can actually get in there and, and have a good match. Uh, I like that aspect of this. And I also, you know, I don't think I would like FTR if I really got to know them. Yeah. But I think I would want to meet them first because I would have like, like, oh, okay. You're, you guys are kind of cool. Like, do you get what I'm saying there? Like, I think if we got down to the nitty gritty of like our belief systems and stuff, maybe I'm starting to take a couple steps back. But just walking into the room, if FTR, the Young Bucks, you know, and the rest of the AEW roster is just in the room, I think I gravitate to them. Like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I get what would. you're doing. Yeah. Well, these guys are pro- those guys, and again, we're, we may not be every wrestling fan, but those guys are probably, you're probably going to be able to start up small talk easier because you're going to be like, did you catch that game? And they right. caught the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Anybody else in that locker room might not have caught the game. They'll be like, which game? Fallout or whatever the yeah. fucking new games are. I don't yeah. even fucking know Minecraft what dated or- reference I've got, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna be like you're gonna be like, No, the ch- you know what, never mind. Yeah. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Chiefs? No? No? All right, Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you might you might get uh in an AEW locker room if you go, Hey, who here's a Chiefs fan? FTR might be like, Man, that Patrick Mahomes, he's a hell of a player, but mm-hmm. we like the you know, Cleveland Browns, right? But then the rest of the locker room might just say, you know, that's an insensitive term, and I'm really looking forward to Kansas City changing that football name. And it's like, yeah, man, we are too. But, like, right now, can yeah. you just talk about the fucking football team? But the game, right? <laughs> yeah, but the game. Fuck it, right? you Kansas City Mahomes. I don't give a damn anymore. Yeah. Let's just go. Let's run yeah. the Super Bowl. And that's what I mean. Like, if we start to, like, go down the rabbit hole with FTR, I fear, like, oh, shit. I made a huge mistake here. Hey, does anyone seen Cody? <laughs> you know, and yeah. you run over to hang out with Cody. Yeah. But walking into like, the room, I like FTR. I'd be like in a pizza place, really? All right, never mind. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> anyhow, mind, anyway. FTR right. Yeah, FTR defeats Jurassic Express. I like what FTR is doing, but I almost feel they need one more thing because yeah. as I mentioned, it seems like Lucha Bros now may be the number one contender. And yeah. if Lucha Bros are the number one contender, what is FTR doing? Their whole That's purpose the is to be the titles, 
the yeah, title the holders. thing with FTR is like, okay, you guys did great. I'm glad they gave him a run. I thought it would have lasted longer, but you brought him in on this. Look at all you flips and shit assholes, right? We are going to come in here and throw elbows into your teeth, mm-hmm. and we're taking the titles because which I love, you know. Yeah. And it happened, and they did that. But now, all that is now is no longer a story. Now it's just who you are. Now who you are. Got to tell me some more story. I'm, yeah. I'm just killing it on the English today. Um, Love it. But Wordsmith. You get, I need you now. Yeah, they've got to come up with something like there's got to be a very specific reason they're mad at one particular person. Or, you know what I mean? To tell us a grudge match story. Or, you know what I mean? Or they're on a quest for something, right? Like, or, or somebody fucks with their car and now they're, you know what I mean? Like something's got to happen to at least give me a reason now because I'm not just going to be like, I hope they win the titles again. Uh, there's yeah, going to be a purpose. They, they have that purpose to regain the, the championships from specifically the Young Bucks because right. it's the, if we didn't make that mistake, you guys wouldn't have beat us. And there's so they that, have yeah. that built-in story rivalry with the Young Bucks. But like to, you, like, to your point, if it's yeah. not the Young Bucks that they're focused on, they need to do something else because then you're just treading water. Well, so again, if we could find a way that the young bucks are still involved in whatever this, you know, Kenny Omega Don Cows thing is, and they're actually heel, and then we get FTR to kind of be faced to go after them, I might get behind that because we've established we kind of don't like the young bucks, so maybe we might be more into that, and that. Oh, we've definitely of, established of a, that we don't like the young bucks. Yeah. So that might be a flip of a script that somebody mm-hmm. might buy into, and we could get a good another story out of there if they're like, hey, again, this isn't real wrestling. You guys are bringing in other, you know what I mean, like that kind of stuff. And you know what we could do. Oh, here's some fun T-Mac story time. We keep alluding to, exactly, well, you have Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, at a fourth person, right? Whoever that is. Let's say it's, who would be a good fourth person for them? Oh, they could really rip the heart out of AEW, and it'd be John Moxley. John Moxley realizes he can't beat them, so he joins them, goes heel. You do Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and the Good Brothers. Cody. Well, no, 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 but that's what I was going to say. If, if you do John Moxley, right, it's those four, and then the four that takes them on is Hangman Adam Page, Cody, and FTR. And then you do that fucking match. Woo! Yeah. Hot dog, hot dog, I just don't hot think you dig, pick, like, I think you could still get like four on four. Oh, here's what you do. You just get young, but it's still a five-man team. So Kenny Omega, Good Brothers, Young Bucks. And then you get then you get your four horsemen oh, okay. over there. But then like Kenny Omega just sits out that like four on four match because he's the champ. He's gonna be taking on whomever the fuck you know what I mean. Like like he's taking on as the champ or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean. But you could still get that same angle out of it without having to kind of because then it's still that gets the FTR turning face if the Young Bucks are heel for some reason, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got to right. have the Young Bucks. Ooh, that'd somehow. be fun. Or like you just get rid of the good brothers. They go away for whatever reason because contracts. You know, fuck them. And then it's Young Bucks and a fourth. With, yeah, and that's what know, I'm saying. Yeah. If it turns out to be, you know, I would, the person I would actually really love to fill that spot if we're doing this fantasy booking where it's mm-hmm. the fourth guy with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, yeah. the guy that I feel like that fits hand in glove is Ricky Starks. That guy and Kenny Omega, I mean, and, and the Young Bucks, but those two together specifically, it's like, that's fucking money. You know, and then to take on the good old the good old boys of Cody, who's from Georgia, FTR, who's cowboyed up, and then mm-hmm. the cowboy of AEW, Hangman Adam Page. Woo! Hot dog. And then you're building a new star in Ricky Starks because 
as we get to here well, in the main the event. Inner Circle could play around and, and screw with oh, folks. Oh, yeah. FTW's then, mad at, at Ricky Starks, you know, leaving. Mm-hmm. They, they're involved. Yeah. Oh, you got you some get faction fun warfare stuff. going on all of a sudden. And I love it because, again, uh, people have friends. Not everyone is a loner. Now, there are loners, right? I like that idea. Uh, mm-hmm. But people have friends. You know, if I were to get into a fight with another podcast, Tim, I would hope that you'd join me. You know what I mean? Oh. I'm not just going to walk out there by I myself. Can, can you? I'm ready to hit some. I've got a lot of pent up anxiety and aggression, Tom. I need to. If you can, you start a fight with somebody so I might have to come help. Oh, Tim. If anything that this podcast has taught you, it's that I can rile people up you can and start, start a fight. fight. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. Hey, pro wrestling's not a sport. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say about it, you punk asses? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, I'm not kidding, but you know what I'm saying. All right, so then after... <laughs> fight me. What are you going to do? <laughs> fight me. I don't give a shit. Go. <laughs> fight him. Right fight here, him. motherfucker. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, you had that FTR versus Jurassic Express match, you had the NWA Women's Championship match between Serena Deeb and Tay Conn. This was a lot better than I thought. I really thought it was going to be almost squash-like with Serena Deeb just showing that she's the champ and then we move on. But Tay Conti with her uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then judo style really meshed well with Serena Deeb in here uh, in this match. And Serena Deeb ends up retaining her title. Uh, but overall, what did you think? Overall, I thought it was good. I, I always... I do try to remember in these moments, right, that, again, in a two-hour show, not everything will be an A-plus telling of a story that's going to, you know, when it's week in and week out, and it's sketch, essentially, right? Like, you're coming up with stuff on the fly. And this was a great match, and it showed off Tay Conti, who we don't see a whole lot of. Serena Deeb, you know, is, is an established veteran and stuff like that. So, um, I liked it. Um, I, the, I guess where I would have improved then is then find a way to – begin something that becomes a story with one of them coming out of there you know what i mean which so i hope they will because before this match a backstage segment was the dark order who it seems like now they're 100 face Mm -hmm. right they're there's the lovable group of hey join the dark order it's like guys you're not even that like scary and they're like but we are and you're like kind of like the lovable little brother you're like okay especially old uh uh short guns and stuff what's his name i can't think of his name but john the guy silver. That was, john silver yeah guns and yeah. stuff i like to call him guns you and know stuff. He, he he's fun right guns but, and poses guns and poses yes guns and poses <laughs> guns and poses john <laughs> <Yes>. silver mm, <laughs> that is great tim uh, but what i was gonna say is the dark order going full baby face <laughs> yes. uh do a backstage segment where they're like hey we're the dark order you know we're here to you know, uh, reinvigorate what the dark order is and we're going to take over. And then they just pull hangman Adam page who was at the bar and be like, Hey, you join in the dark order. And he said, next week we'll do a match after the match. I'll give you my answer. So then you fast forward to, uh, this NWA women's championship match. The interesting part that I saw was Tay Conti had the opportunity to cheat and 99, didn't give her a chair this time, didn't do anything like that, we could possibly be seen, and this is what I would hope for, because, again, we need some stories, is Tay Conti this time around was like, hey, best friend, 99 of the Dark Order, mm-hmm. where was the chair? You were supposed to fucking help me. And then she could come back and say, like, no, you didn't want it the first time, and I'm not going to do it the second time. And then you Tay Conti, you're out. 
Yeah, but then Tay Conti could be like, bitch, I need the championship, you know? And then, boom, we got best friends fighting. So that's what I was hoping for coming out of this segment, uh, but we will see. But I uh, I am interested to see if Hangman Adam Page starts to take over the reins so now, of the Dark Order. So now, yeah, okay, if we're not going to do, since Kenny Omega seems to be out from the Hangman Adam Page storyline for now, that's a pause, right? Their, mm-hmm. their backstory is in, in this limbo. Their paths will cross again. Oh, I can't now, wait. now, and Brody Lee is unfortunately not with us. Um, and if Dark Order has turned into this joking face, it might be the best thing for Adam Page to join the Dark Order and have some fun, and they can get into some fun segments. I I don't want to make Adam Page a comedy character necessarily, but I'm thinking more similar to a maybe a little more fun version of Austin and Angle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing, right? Where he's kind of like, "Ha, oh, man, I'm tr- I'm trying to go do this match thing, right?" And they're like bumbling around and kind of doing goofy things. He's like, "Ah, oh, you guys, you know what I mean?" Like that kind of thing. I I could get Which, behind that, I guess. And then it could again if we're just having some fun here, fantasy booking. Then you can get him to turn the turn the corner and flip the switch and say like, "Enough fucking around, Brody Lee." in his memory wanted you guys to be killers. And then he asserts himself as this leader. And he's like, no motherfuckers. We're doing this shit. Brody Lee style. We're doing this shit to fuck people up. And then he becomes like, fuck the comedy. We're doing cowboy shit. You know? Yes. He becomes the dark cowboy. So now all of his cowboy stuff is like, when you see the, like the dark cowboys in the movies, Mm -hmm. right? Like dark stuff. And he even kind of gets them more like that. Like they're less like evil monsters. But they're just kind of this ominous, maybe, almost you know hired I mean, assassins, right? Yeah, like, like the APA kind become, of stuff, right? But and he's the dark cowboy, mm-hmm. the hangman. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they come in like they're like almost like the like the Undertaker druids. Like whenever people would do hangings, right? I'm sure there was people there in like this. So they didn't know who was hanging people. I think is generally what they would do, right? They would clothe those people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, we could be onto something there. That could be oh. fun, right? They're the Dark Order, and he's the dark, like cowboy leading them and stuff, like with this kind of sinister. And I to tell get you ahead. what, mm-hmm. oh, and I tell you what, Tim. Again, just getting excited here, booking this fantasy matchups uh, for AEW. Uh, as we saw earlier in the night, uh, Tony Khan is not above buying the rights of songs, as uh, Jungle Boy has now Tarzan Boy as his entrance music. Don't be shocked if you turn. Hangman Adam Page into this ominous cowboy. Tony Khan buys a Johnny Cash, you know, when the man comes mm-hmm. around type of song. And oh yep. shit. Or the Hurt song. Oh like, my oh, God. Yeah. When he just Nine walks Inch in. Remake. Yeah. And, he, and Hangman Adam Page already has that bandana that goes over his nose. He already has just the, you know, the glaring eyes that he could do. Oh, and then it's like, yeah, it's almost well, we like. Are, he's already somewhat dark. Like he's already a little, you know. Mm-hmm. It's almost Mysterious. like an American badass, but not with Kid Rock and Fred Durst. Mm-hmm. It's the cowboy who's going to come around and fuck you up. And then that that's what I'm saying. You mm-hmm. take him first where it's like, hey, this yeah, is he's the old West assassin moving in the middle right. of the night. Oh, he's, the sheriff. He's like the fucking sheriff. Well, he's the hangman, right? Like you're you're it's time for your execution. Mm-hmm. And here comes his executioners in the dark order. Right. Mm. And they're like evil and twisted and. Oh, maybe God. satanic, I, right? Like maybe satanic. Let's or, yeah. who, who's who's at AEW? 
let's send this fucking script to him. I'll write uh, it out yeah, for you. Uh, yeah. But but that's what you need to do is come in. We're bumbling idiots. Oh, it's my fun little brother, Hangman Adam Page, just looking down kind of at Colt Cabana and the rest of the guys. And everything's fun and everything's... Colt Cabana is the first one he could like murder to kind of set an example and like turn and then the Colt Cabana like can then yeah. yeah, and then Colt Cabana can go off and go back to doing his fun stuff. But mm-hmm. you have them doing the bumbling idiots kind of stuff, but they're winning matches, right? But then they start losing a couple. And then they lose a few more. And then they're on a losing streak. And then that's what turns Hangman out of the page. You could even yeah, do... He's sitting at the bar drinking there, having joking mm-hmm. fun. He's just like... And it could be deeper and deeper. You see the like psychosis setting in, right? Yeah. And the match that could take him over the top is you do old guns and poses with Hangman guns Adam and Page, and they get a That's and great. they get a match with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks pin Hangman Adam Page, and that's when it dawns on him like, "Hey, I was a part of that group. I'm the fucking man. I left that group to be the fucking man. This shit's changing." And then boom, oh. Mm-hmm. The hangman, yeah. god damn it. Get that old western, like that whistling music. Can he buy the uh-huh. rights to that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Right down yeah. that thing, yeah. He already comes out on a horse sometime. Brim right? down low. Yeah, right now. He's got to have a black horse at this time, right? Like mm-hmm. the horse is black this time. He's all jacked mm-hmm. out black, black duster, right? You can't see shit. He's oh. the hangman, and then here come his executioners all in hoods, right? You can't have hanging ropes anymore. That would be bad. Um, no, but no, just no, something. no, no, no. Just all, all you can do, right, is when he identifies his target. Let's just say, like you said, let's go with this. Mm-hmm. Colt Cabana is the first one to be exiled from the Dark Order, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the way executed, and the way we do this is because again, we can't have hanging nooses. That's right, totally yeah, yeah. inappropriate, right? But yeah. Colt Cabana has a match. Because of shenanigans, let's say Guns and Poses distracts him. Colt Cabana loses to um, Sean Spears, right? Sean mm-hmm. Spears gets the victory. He's now looking good. He rolls out of the ring. He's good. Colt Cabana's like, hey, man, what the fuck? Like, we're same team, same team. Mm-hmm. And then you get all of those Druid-like guys from yep. the Dark Order. And remember, the Dark Order has so many members we don't know. Remember, uh, what's-her-name is number 99, we have fucking apparently ninety nine members of the Dark Order, right? Well, they have a so story all, about that, but yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, not on TV can, though. They haven't, yeah. That not on TV, right? We know the shoot style, but I'm saying on TV, it's just anyone, number ten, all that stuff. But what I'm saying is, you can get these yeah. maskless independent pro wrestlers and some of the real Dark Order members. And what happens is, Colt Cabana and John Silver are doing this whole like, "Hey, man, what the fuck?" And John Silver is like. Time's up, pal. And then the druids or the, you know, executioners walk out and they just circle them in the ring, like do a half horseshoe type circle. Mm-hmm. And Colt Cabana's looking around. And then, like you said, the black horse and hangman on that duster comes out, you know, rides into the Davies mm-hmm. place, gets off that horse, walks in, gives the head nod. They just swarm him, Colt Cabana, that is. Beat his ass, leave him out to die. Hangman Adam Page just stands over him, does maybe like a tip of the cap or mm-hmm. something, yeah, you know, like that. And then 
leaves, and that is the exile of Colt Cabana from the Dark yeah. Order. Fuck yes, man, that got me excited. I love this shit. Man, when it's fun. That's a great storyline. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Hashtag tweet the table. Tell me how great we are, because we are fucking great. That was the, worth your price yeah, of admission. And what Tom means by that is use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter, because if you do that, we're going to read some on the show. I've got two of them picked out. we got the two best ones to read later tonight. Stay tuned. Was it you? Did you tweet the table? Mm, good tease, Tim. Good tease. Now let's get into the main event. The main event was for the TNT Championship. It was champion Darby Allen taking on challenger and FTW champion Brian Cage. And holy shit, was this this well, pause. Let's talk before we talk about this main event. Okay. Because you've got the match sheet in front of you. Mm-hmm. You forgot about a uh, a special show segment. We had the debut oh, yes. of Dr. So Britt Baker DMD's waiting room, which was a little convoluted, don't get me wrong, but the jokes in this thing were killing it. The, oh. the neck tattoo joke. I mean, it The sparklers it. that were a yes. part of the contracted uh, mm-hmm. agreement for him to show up. The fact that Cody never said a word. Cody didn't yeah. speak at all. <laughs> didn't say anything. <laughs> that was yeah. great. Um, I loved it. Yeah, this it was very joke. good. This was better than Jade Cargill's debut because it made her, first of all, like that closer up shot. She looked massive. Like, I was like, oh, she can beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was big. Um, and then just I, that brawl afterward, you know, all that. I mean, it was all quick, fast like that. But yeah, I mean, Britt Baker killed all of that. And Rebel over there playing the whole um, Ed, Ed McMahon, McMahon thing. Yeah. God, that was great. Yeah. All of that was, was spot on. Yeah, so there were two parts of this segment. There was the first part with Cody and then Jade Cargill and then um, Red Velvet, I believe her name is, you know, Mm -hmm. and that whole pull apart. Uh, That was great. Again, like you said, uh, Britt Baker with those one-liner zingers, the neck tattoo, the sparklers, all of that was great. So we get the pull apart between Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. Looks like Red Velvet's going to step in for uh, Brandy Mm -hmm. Rhodes. Then the second part was during the brawl, yep. which Britt Baker was taking photos of. She wasn't even yeah. helping. She was just standing on the couch taking like photos of the fight, which was great. Thunder nice Rosa. Touch. I mean, that's that's well thought out. Yeah, It was perfect. Thunder Rosa then appears on the uh, big screen uh, here in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and then says, like, I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, hey, bitch, I'm still fighting your ass. And it's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, but yeah, and, he told me we got we got to milk this for all it's worth because it's a big fight. Well, I don't give a damn. Fine, whenever, then I'm gonna kick your ass. I like yeah, that. yeah. And I loved how Britt Baker's like, no, Tony, Tony, we didn't agree to this. Yeah, like talking right. to the camera, knowing that Tony Khan's yeah. watching, and be like, no, 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 we didn't. No, yeah, and she no. keeps it. We're not doing it. We're not. We're doing not doing it. it. Yeah. We're not doing We're it. Not doing like, it. No, 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 no. Yeah, love this segment. I agree with you. What you said earlier. Have this kick off an episode, right? We're right mm-hmm. into the waiting room. Hey, the waiting room gets you into the into the show. Perfect way to establish how why it's kicking off the show. Yep. Love it. Well, and I know they great. like to kick off with with wrestling. That was kind of one of their things, right? Because but not said, every we're week. The, we don't have to do it anti WWE, yeah. right? We don't. But sometimes WWE starts right with a match. Mm-hmm. Right? They switch it up once mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. So you switch it up once in a while. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying every week do a fucking yep. boring ass promo, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I like but it. But it was good. Anyhow. But the main event. Um. Yeah, I mean, this kind of went almost exactly how I thought it went or was gonna go. I mm-hmm. mean, the the touch at the end of Sting's interference was was I like that it was just 
Ricky Stark's about to interfere. Sting comes out and says, get away from him. And then just kind of stands over. He's like, don't. Right? Don't. And then the match ends. He's like, all right. Yeah. Fuck, I'm out of here. Right? Like, yeah. so that was a little different than we're used to seeing in wrestling. Right? Normally, he'd just come in and whop everybody. And it's a DQ and nobody cares. Right? Right. There's um, no finish but, at all. Everyone just right. goes like, that was fun. And we're like, did we ever everybody have a winner? runs away because nope. Sting came in the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so, yes. But, I mean, I don't think this, like... Again, this didn't really move a storyline or anything, and maybe it wasn't designed to. But I, because again, the story I think is moving to Darby Allen Sting and their relationship. So this is kind of slow rolling to that because next week he's going to be like, "I didn't ask for your help." And he's yeah. Like, well, you sure needed it, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Just emo kids, like bitch. Yeah. Emo grandfather <laughs> yeah. and his grandson right, yeah. bullshitting mm-hmm. over yeah. who's who needs the real help. Yeah. Uh, what I like though the most about the main event was Brian fucking Cage needs to be oh. in more matches, dude. He was manhandling it like the epitome of that phrase, manhandling Darby Allen. He was throwing fucking that motherfucker insane. around like Darby Allen stole his lunch money. Like he Jeez, just did not man. give a shit about that guy. And credit to Darby Allen too. I mean, we've seen this. Oh like, yeah, he is willing to take and a beating. He wants right? to do and it, right? Like, yeah, do it more. Jeez, but, but like, God, I, mm, Brian Cage. I might be like, hey, can you throw me once? Can you throw me over there across the room? Like, let me see what that's like, right? Like, but I'm not like, yeah, let's do 40 minutes of this through stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just no thanks, man. God, I, I said know, it again. On... It wasn't a heavy, you know, object he was working with comparatively, but like, still. He was just literally launching him pro- several basketball goal lengths. You know what I mean? Well, just like yeah, ugh. the thing wasn't the thing wasn't. Oh my god, he's throwing this huge human around. The thing that caught me off guard is he had no regard for Darby Allen. He's like, this yeah. motherfucker's going here. I don't care if he lands on his neck. This motherfucker's going here. I don't care if he lands on the shoulder. This motherfucker's going over there. I don't care if he lands on the table or not. It was like. The disregard yeah. for it wasn't a human easy life. soft throws. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like all right, flat backs everywhere. Yeah, this was, was literally rolling him up into a ball and just freaking kicking yeah. him in the ass on the way down and seeing how he lands. Yeah, he was bouncing Darby Allen's body off the mat like a basketball. It was incredible. Yeah. So I hope Darby Allen has some strong drugs. I mean, or, I'm sure he does. Or this is his therapy, and he doesn't do anything to harm himself when we aren't looking. That's all I hope for is just like. This is his version of cutting. Yeah, like, hey, this is more entertaining, and we can all make sure that you don't actually die. So chill out. <laughs> chill out. Well, apparently not with Brian Cage. Brian Cage will say, fuck yourself. I'm going to throw you wherever I want. Uh, but, yeah, that Brian was AEW Cage. Dynamite. Man. Yeah, he feels, and, I mean, look, i I'm not claiming anything about Brian Cage here, but I'm just saying he feels like a walking steroid. Like he just is big papa pump swole, is like ready to just take somebody throw it. But he's also when he's hanging out in the back, he's just the swab, cool looking guy too. Like he doesn't look like he's aggro guy pacing around the ring or anything. He looks like he'd be chill at the bar, you know what I mean, if you hung out with him. So it's interesting character is Brian Cage. And Brian Cage, to his credit, isn't Scott Steiner, like in the end of his career where it's just belly to bellies and big moves, like he's agile. He can do some of the agility oh, yeah. moves of a kip yeah. up and, you know, right. uh, jump over and, and kicks and, and stuff. Like, yeah. So he has the agility, not Brock Lesnar, like Brock Lesnar, again, is like a different stratosphere of humans, but he's 
orbiting close to the Brock Lesnar physicality plus agility. Uh, that's why I like watching them. And I just want to see more of them. I want to see, I like team Taz. I do like team Taz. I like team Taz on Twitter. I like that Taz, uh, put on Twitter, Hey, got some new gifts and it's all team Taz baseball bats with all of their names on it. So I like that that little touch is like, fuck you Mm -hmm. sting. We're going to be ready next time. But all of these guys, yeah, exactly. But all of these guys I feel are almost too good for a faction where Santana and Ortiz and Hager and even Wardlow fit in a faction. That is a good faction because not that they're limited, but they just gel better in this group. When I see Ricky Starks, I think champion, right? Like a solo champion. When I see Brian Cage, I think, you know, destroyer of all people, not hanging out with Will Hob- or Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. He's a powerhouse. That motherfucker should be running through brick buildings all the time, like not hanging out with Hook. And so well, it just feels like the group has too many individual stars and not a real meshed should, group of people. Well, especially if it like with Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage, like if we're seeing them, we should be seeing them more in the gym. Like, let me see some of this powerhouse, right? Like, let me see you guys throwing obscene weight around instead of just hanging out in the back, running away from Sting. You know, because you came to beat up a small guy and then a slightly not small guy showed up. You know? Or you could put them together as a tag team because, again, AEW mm-hmm. is the land of tag teams. And they can almost be like, uh, remember when Kane and Big Show were tag team champs and you just looked at him and you're like, no one's beating those guys. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Look at him. Kane's the fucking monster and he looks small next to Big Show. For Christ's sake. That's yeah. what you could do with Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage where it's just we're fucking everyone up. You know what our moveset is? Fucking you up. Like, we don't fucking care what our up. finishers are. It's we're fucking you up. And well, you we can got do this that sweet moveset. The, the first one that we learned was I'm throwing you through the wall. The second one was smashing you into the floor. Uh, the third one was putting a boot to your face. <laughs> like, just, yeah. right? They start listening off their moves, right? Like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And in all of this, we don't care how you take this. So it's up to you of, where where yeah. our move set lands with you so go fuck yourself yeah right yeah just go fuck <laughs> you know? yourself yeah. yeah i don't care yeah because the guys will be like okay so in that move like do you want me to land like you said flat back yeah, right. and he's yeah, like right. i don't fucking care yeah, i don't right. fucking yeah. care like you're it's up yeah. to you pal i want you to land on the wall <laughs> and then on the floor <laughs> right. on the fucking, exactly. right. yeah. yeah as long as you land man if you don't, don't land i'm gonna be freaked the fuck out that's all i know <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to tell people because that shit's cool. I'm, I'm going to fucking be really scared of you. <laughs> you so win. Anyhow, I'll, I'll quit. I'm going to give yeah. up. <laughs> you great. don't fucking land. I'm out. I quit. I'm done. So that was AEW Dynamite. I did ask, again, uh, as I do each and every Wednesday night on our Twitter page, at Table Show, what grade would you give tonight's AEW Dynamite? The options are A, B, C, and D. And for this week, the majority of people voted 45% for A, B got 30%, C got 25%, and no one gave it a D. So overall, a really solid show. Again, they set such a high bar that even these not necessarily filler episodes are still like, this is great. So good job, AEW Dynamite. The poll, uh, I saw the results of the poll. It interested me in that. It was very split amongst the three, the A, B, and C. You know, A was the you know largest winner, but as you said, like B and C, 
had a, you know, there was more for B and C than there was for A, right? So this was a good spread in a lot of folks' mm-hmm. mind. I'd be interested to find out why. I mean, I gave it an A if I gave it anything, like maybe a low A. There was there was very few things that I think were, you know, again, nothing was terrible as we went through. Never. Like I, I would mean, have yeah. tinkered around with a few other things and maybe condensed some others. But so at most high B or something, I, 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 I don't think I've seen a C out of them much yet. And so it's interesting that a lot of people, a good quarter of the folks, gave them a C. So that was interesting. Could be that they're, again, like I said, it could be that they're setting such a high bar that they expect, you know, the debuting War Horse or the debuting mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston when Cody was doing those open challenges. And they're like, well, if I'm not getting these special moments where Kenny Omega runs off with the championship and now joins Impact Wrestling, apparently, well, then it's just not good enough for me. I mean, that can be right. a detriment where you're just set this bar so extremely high that you have to keep hitting that mark. But when, you know, us grumpy old men watch aw and then we also have to watch wwe or whatever it's like no this was so good like compare it to the rest of the shows and this is head and shoulders better than anything else in my opinion that's going on right now yeah. Uh, yeah very interesting i would i voted b and the only reason i voted b is i thoroughly enjoyed the episode but if you're gonna put so many title matches on the card not that i need a monumental moment every episode but serena deeb retained her championship darby allen retained his championship the inner circle cut a good promo but it's to get you to tune in next week so it wasn't like anything necessarily was like hey tim i'm gonna i'm gonna text you right now you should see tay conti is the new nwa champ and she started spray painting dark order on it or whatever it is, right? Like whatever that moment is, I needed maybe yeah. something like that. I, I would feel like if when you do a night one and two of something, you would think night two would be the bigger, like hits home, mm-hmm. like major events to happen. I mean, I can see why you'd say the first one. Cause you're trying to catch folks, but you still save something for two, right? There didn't seem to be, a big like wow moment, you know that I yeah. I can... The only thing that will be, you know, again, if we had to catalog each of these episodes as the moment of the night, at least for me, what I would say was the swerve of Kenny Omega bringing in the Good Brothers instead of the yeah. Young Bucks. Like that was the like true. Oh, that shit. was the most like intriguing, right? Like okay, mm-hmm. what's happening next week? Uh, but again, this was such a solid episode. Uh, AEW Dynamite has a special place in my heart. Call me a Mark or call me a a, a shill for AEW. I do not give two shits. I like them and I like them a lot. I like them too. So now that AEW, uh, we we got that in the bag. We talked about that. We did excellent on it. We came up with some great storyline suggestions oh. for them. So if you're listening. Yeah, I think they should be listening, but you know, we'll see. I'm Let's, gonna uh, write that out. I'm gonna write yeah. that storyline out. I'm gonna mm-hmm. like I used to do that in elementary school, uh, with my friend, friend of the show, John Batten. We used to write storylines out together, uh, during like creative writing or whatever the hell it was. Um man, I wanna do that again, especially with that storyline. That got me excited. Fuck yeah. It's a great storyline. Oh, it's a so, fucking great storyline. <laughs> All right, so Let's talk about the WWE side of things. Now, Wednesday night is also NXT, but neither of us really watched it, and we kind of talked about why, but we want to bring that up on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you kick it off? You had the best way of putting it, let me. Yeah, so I think 
NXT is, is a very good pro wrestling show. If I were to, you know, give any criticism, it's unfortunately that the pandemic has hit NXT harder than it's hit any other promotion. NXT is where an AEW may have been getting there, but again, the pandemic hit so early in that promotion's history that we honestly can't know until it comes back. You know, crowds can come back, but NXT, we have that proof of they are the crowd that gets chance over. They are the crowd that gets new characters, a catchphrase, or they're the character that gets a new move set to go viral or whatever that it thing is. Mm -hmm. The crowd almost like ECW in the late nineties gets the NXT to go from a, you know, a a seven to a nine or whatever that is on that scale. In In fact, even that like it sometimes has given I think WWE a false security in a character when they're mm-hmm. like, they're doing great. Let's bring them up. And they hit the main roster and you lose that like built in crowd backing. And the main roster goes, yeah. you know, and the main roster crowds go, yeah, this is all right. And then they kind of wash out. I mean, Bo Dallas comes to mind. Adam Rose. You know, Adam Rose comes to mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, Adam Rose. Wow. Wow. What a story. Um, that Indeed. song was great. So, yeah, yeah well, but what we're going to kind of follow up with that point on is NXT is doing mm-hmm. really good things. I, I enjoy Karrion Cross. I enjoy Finn Balor as champion. However, Kyle O'Reilly getting Kyle spot O'Reilly, is amazing. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly is an emerging star, but we even talked about this off air. If we were to put the pandemic era, if let's hypothetically say, you know, the vaccine goes through and we can get crowds in two weeks, if you were to cap the pandemic, pandemic era right now the biggest star even though johnny gargano was doing amazing things and justin you know he is because you're friends with him but pat mcafee is the biggest emerging star and he's not even a wrestler you know what i mean Mm. like i would say if i were to rank like all right what was the pandemic era like for nxt i would say well pat mcafee was the shit kyle o'reilly was pretty great johnny gargano was doing some fun stuff and I kind of watched AEW then I again. Forget. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, else. yeah, yeah. So you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, and I agree with it. I, I, it, which is weird because out of the like, Daly's place, it doesn't count because they're allowed to be outdoors and have a thing. But like when you look at the Thunderdome versus this, you know what I mean? Uh, I like what they did at the Capitol Wrestling Center better than the Thunderdome. Like I like the mm-hmm. feel of that, and I wish mm-hmm. like they could still find a way to incorporate. Um, you know that kind of feel to it, even when they bring crowds back. Like I hope the crowds in kind of that like pit setting. With I don't even mind the video wall. If you you know I I for the life of me think when can't figure out if WWE like why they didn't already start this during the pandemic. But like I think afterwards they're gonna kind of do something like that where you can also be on the video board on screen for a dollar a show, right? When you sign up to the WWE Thunderdome or whatever, right? Whatever they're gonna call it at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. um you could still kind of incorporate it if you use that kind of setting again. So I think they tried, but it just didn't come across um, or didn't hit enough, I guess maybe because I like the feel of that. But you're right, the storylines are not the storylines and complex. I agree. Yeah, the storylines are not anything of major note or interest. To be completely transparent, mm-hmm. and I think the other thing that's missing with the NXT Capital Wrestling Center 
is the crowd mm-hmm. are other wrestlers trying to get their spot. And I love wrestling fans, right? And they're different than wrestlers trying to get to the next level. And so you're not going to get the same, hey, let's start this chant, guys, because you know Colt Cabana is a lifelong wrestling fan. He could do that, and he was doing that early on in the pandemic for mm-hmm. AEW. And same with the, the gun club. They handle that business for uh, AEW. In WWE, it's like, well, I was a former, you know, three-time All-American at Florida State. This is my next opportunity. I don't know what fucking chant you want to hear. Go, go, baby face. Like, I'm just learning the fucking term. Like, they're not going to give you the same response. Right. They're that the ones the fans going, come on. Be. Yeah, or just, Get up. Or just, yeah, or just banging around, you know, like, this is what mm. we do. And it's like, ah. Man, that's yeah. just, that's not it, you know. Right. I will say I did see I did see that uh, former Impact uh, tag team champs, the Rascals, did make their debut on NXT. Uh, I do okay. love their finisher, so that was good. Uh, but yeah, again, I didn't see too much. What are they calls? Uh, some initials like MSK or MZW or I don't know yeah, something stupid. T Bar, Slapjack, Squared. Pause. You seen the T Bar Sammy Guevara online Twitter feud going on? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Here's the thing that, that I <laughs> yeah. that I don't get as far as a crit, like uh, like a backhanded ooh, calling people virgins. You could call someone yeah. a loser and someone like not good with ladies, right? Like, hey, you piss your pants when a girl puts her arm around you. That is an insult. But to say like you're a virgin. It's like I got a fucking wife. What are you talking about, you dumb yeah. shit? You know that I hate when people start to say that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was fun, right? Uh, old uh, T Bar brought up Sammy Guevara's uh, most recent uh, suspension again. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Another thing about that like virgin thing, it's like okay, man. Again, like dude, dude nobody thinks you're manly because you had sex. Yeah, like, cool. Nobody, yeah, yeah. Like. Dude, like how out of touch with, you know, current, like, do you just like nobody, like you, I instantly hear you go that and I'll be like, you could be right about every bit of this feud now. And now I'm siding with this guy. Cause you just sound like a fucking jackass that nobody wants to be around, which is how T-Bar has come across mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing. And I like Sammy Guevara is also taking cheap shots that you're kind of like, you guys, would you just both shut up? But even Guevara's like, well, you know, I, it's actually this guy's move. Who, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, who you stole it from, but I was just trying to get it on TV. You know, so, like, which was fun. Um, you know, yeah, again, uh, it was just an interesting little sidebar from, you know, mm-hmm. that it was like, hey, look, dude, your name is T-Bar, right? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you went with it, right? You could fight him. We we have evidence of wrestlers backstage. Like, Can it be crowbar? Like, what's a T bar? Yeah, doesn't you make any sense? Exactly. <laughs> what is a T bar? What is a T bar? Am I missing something too? Hashtag tweet the table. Am I being stupid? I do I not know, know something? Am I not manly enough? Again, am I a virgin? <laughs> Tell me what am I? Do I not know what a T bar is? Yeah. Like a virgin? All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. SmackDown. Uh, let's talk about SmackDown a little bit. All right. I don't know if you caught SmackDown. I did. Um. Uh, let's talk about the Scrap Daddy. Scrap oh, man. Daddy Adam Pierce. Great guy. First off, uh, got to see him uh, in a few different matches here in Kansas City for Metro Pro Wrestling. Again, 
hitting on that independent pro wrestling topic we talked about at the start of the show, which you can hear more of our thoughts on Wrestling Cheers, their newest podcast, where Tim and I talk about that topic. Uh, mm-hmm. But Adam Pierce, great guy, uh, awesome wrestler. I got to see him do a dive into the entire Metro Pro roster, taking them all out. Uh, I think, you know, everyone knows if we like had to put a title on Adam Pierce, he's the GM. Right. Like he's mm-hmm. this rotating GM of SmackDown and Raw, but they don't make him into this developed evil heel or uh, sympathetic baby. Yeah, they just call him WWE official, don't they? Right. They just keep calling him. Yeah. Well, until now. So Adam Pierce gets wrangled into now, a, I guess, a title match at the Royal Rumble against Roman Reigns. What did you think of the episode? What did you think of this storyline specifically? I like how this is one of the best stories WWE is telling and has been telling it in a long time. And for reasons of it, they are slow telling some of it, right? Like, so Adam Pierce made the match last week and, you know, Roman Reigns is like, find out who it was. And they find out who it was. And now here he is confronting him. And it's for later in the show, right? And now it's, is he really going to wrestle at the Royal Rumble? Which I, I don't know that he's going to make it there. I think we're going to get a swerve and get Ooh. somebody else. But Nakamura? Um, maybe a Kevin Owens? Well, what I was thinking is Nakamura was the guy who Adam Pierce covered. So if Adam Pierce, let's yeah. say, you know, breaks ribs, they would be like, well, the guy he pinned was Nakamura. Nakamura yeah, beat just, Daniel Bryan and Rey Mysterio. Like, it feels like this is going to happen, and then like they're going to get into something. Adam Pierce is going to be like, "Look, I I don't, I don't want to do this, man. I haven't wrestled forever, but like I, I'm not going to turn down a shot." And maybe Roman Reigns starts beating him up or something, and then somebody comes to the rescue, and we work in him. I don't know. It just feels weird that Royal Rumble. Like if you're telling me like in this storyline, like, "Hey, Adam Pierce, you know he's been working with us, but we'd like to actually get him a match, and here's a title match." It just feels weird that Royal Rumble is one of their biggest shows, and in their mind, even it like kicks off Mania, which might be why maybe because it's a throwaway for Roman. And That's we what I was going to say. Spark a story, yeah. Is typically the the title matches historically, I should say, not typically historically though, the title matches are second fiddle to the Royal Rumble match itself. Sure. So you don't usually you... get, I mean, you you have, you have gotten yeah. in the past. I'm not trying to say like it's never happened, but again, historically speaking, it's usually the Royal Rumble is the moment. And Hey, by the way, there were some good matches. Check out this title match between, yeah. you know, ex champion and, and title contender. So I think it's good. Cause I do think, and maybe we're hedging my bets here a little bit too early. I do feel like the Royal Rumble winner is coming from SmackDown. And so with that being said, you get Roman to do his, you know, in-ring promo while he beats Adam Pierce's ass like he did to Jey Uso, you know, doing all of that stuff. He then pins him uh, mercilessly or mercifully uh, to just end it. And then we're like, that motherfucker, I want someone to kick his ass. And then you get to the Royal Rumble match, and then that's where Daniel Bryan, Nakamura, Big E, Kevin Owens. Well, that's the other part I was going to ask you about. So I don't like to, but again, I follow wrestling sites just for generic news Mm -hmm. on uh, the backstage scene in pro wrestling. And do a podcast. Right. And one of... And one of the rumors is that Daniel Bryan is going to win the Royal Rumble to then at WrestleMania take on 
Roman Reigns. That's one of the theories out there. So that doesn't make sense then. Let's just go with that theory that Daniel Bryan is going to win the Royal Rumble for this reason. You do this gauntlet match and the sympathetic baby face that gets to the end, even though Adam Pierce was the last one to enter, was Nakamura, who's been a heel for two years or whatever it's been. Like, he's the one that's so. shaking Daniel Bryan's hand at the end of their match when he beats Daniel Bryan. Then he beats, you know, before that he beat Rey Mysterio. And then before that he beat King Corbin. It's like, was well, this the motherfucker that won the Royal Rumble a couple years ago that we won as champion? That's what I felt like. I was like, are we going to just turn him face for just shits and grins and then have him win the Rumble again and become a two-time Royal Rumble winner and then lose to Roman just for fun? Like, I don't know, because why would Daniel Bryan right. now win when he's losing clean to Nakamura and Jey Uso? All right, here's what's going to happen. All right. Here's what's going to happen. The winner will come from Raw, from Royal Rumble. No. I'm booking everything. Okay, but no. All right, yep, yep. I mean, yeah, you okay, but no. Winner's going to come from Raw because <clears throat> I'm going to walk you through a couple storylines here. Daniel Bryan, we're going to be selling this whole Daniel Bryan's, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. I've never won a Rumble, or, you know, Battle Royal, whatever, blah, 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 blah. We're getting down to it, the nitty-gritty, we think. You know, it's going to happen, right? Uh, um, and it doesn't. Because right at the end, when it's down to him and two other people, something happens, right? Low blow. He gets thrown out. Oh, no, Daniel Bryan. And then what's left is Keith Lee and Sheamus from Raw, because they're still the two Drew McIntyre friends, right? And they're still... Keith Lee's going to win it. And what's going to happen right before, you know, as we're going down to WrestleMania, is we're going to find out in this whole frenemy storyline on who's who's really Drew McIntyre's friend and who's really trying to screw, you know, Keith Lee's the one who's really been trying to use him to get over. Sheamus exposes it. Now we get Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee. What happens on the SmackDown side is Roman Reigns is beating the ever-loving hell out of Adam Pearce to where he looks like he's going to murder him, and out comes The Rock to stop him and says, what, this isn't who we are. This isn't our family. We get the Rock and Roman Reigns for the head of the table at WrestleMania. So Booked close. It. Booked it. No, all. that's great. Put it hey. in. Put it in paper. I love it. Yeah, write that down. You write that. I'll write the AEW thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's awesome. The Rock isn't wrestling in front of no cr- crowd. Oh, that's right. God, he ain't doing that. Can't. Shit. We still yeah. have COVID mania. God, yeah. Yeah, he ain't doing that shit. He ain't going to be like, I got goosebumps and fucking look at you know TV screens. He ain't doing that shit. He ain't going to stop a movie to do that. So while that is awesome, I think that happens next year, mm. 2022. Damn. That's where that happens. Okay, well, we still get something with Roman. But, but I love Keith that Lee's Raw idea. Yeah. But I love that Raw mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, that Raw idea is a home run. That's a... Ooh. Good job. If it doesn't happen, they get in a fight and get them both eliminated in the Rumble, and then that carries over, and then we still get that you know match somehow down at Mania because oh of course uh, I think right. Keith Lee, I think that's where we're headed with this, and let's just back and we can jump back and forth a little bit between Raw and SmackDown. Keith Lee and and Sheamus was weird for me. this frenemy storyline. I think that's why why they're focusing on it because I think that's where it's going. I think we're gonna get the swerve and it's gonna be Keith Lee, and then he's gonna go up against Drew McIntyre. Maybe maybe win it. I don't know. Um, 
so they're facing Miz and Morrison because Miz and Morrison are just jackasses to try to pick a fight. They win, and we, you know, we see them at the end. They're like, "All right, Sheamus and and uh, and Keith Lee won." And then we cut to some other backstage segment. We do that backstage segment, and then as soon as they're done with that backstage segment, it just ends like normal. We cut back into the ring, and Keith Lee and Sheamus are beating the shit out of each other. They didn't explain any of it, and then they're fighting, and then like one pins one after a while, and they win. They're like, "All right, match is over." And I'm like, "Match!" And I'm like, "What the fuck happened here?" And then. So, like, they're done, and Keith Lee goes to get the fist bump, and Sheamus knocks it away and hugs him. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? Um, which, you know, I get it, right? That's bros, right? Maybe, I guess. But it was just weird. So I think that's where they're headed. I think Keith Lee's going to be the guy where we think it's Sheamus. And then Drew's going to be like, what? Oh, my God, what? <laughs> and then Keith Lee starts throwing the mighty Drew McIntyre all around, right? Because how That'd do be you cool. stop Keith Lee? Yep. Right. He broke like the ring. Guy. He That's broke fine. the fucking ring with John Morrison's neck. <laughs> like just fucking. That was so fun because, like, I, I, I was when it first happened, I was like, huh. And then I realized how quickly, like, it wasn't planned because Miz starts jumping all over, I'm like whoa, 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 and then you just see Keith Lee like taking it for a second, like. Oh shit! <laughs> like, that was pretty oh, cool. I did that. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, and Sheamus coming over, like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, and then credit to WWE. Like, in a matter of minutes, they had that thing back up and running. So, yeah, I don't know if it was yeah. a work or a shoot. It looked like a, a a shoot, but you know, with them, I thought I thought initially when Big Show uh, and Brock Lesnar did their superplex that that was a a shoot, but then obviously it turns out that was a yeah, work. Like, I just I I judge from the because like again the Miz like. It took everyone a second, right? They they weren't expecting it, right? Everybody was like, and then Miz fucking jumps over. Morrison's mm-hmm. not moving, like holding his neck. Ref starts like coming in. I was like, okay, that was. And then just Keith Lee kind of like, he immediately like looked over at Sheamus with a like, the fuck am I supposed to do, right? Like I think he was kind of like, this is uh, new, yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, that would have yeah. been so much cooler in a crowd too. Like that mm-hmm. crowd would have exploded for that. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of – and, again, with Raw, I, I think the reason you also saw that match wasn't necessarily storyline-driven. It was, hey, uh, I think we had another outbreak. We're going to tell you Drew McIntyre has COVID because he's a good man, but yeah. everything else oh. we have to keep under wraps. And apparently, now that Kofi's injured too, Xavier Woods is on job duty because he lost the T-bar. So there was that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I don't get, though, and again, peeking behind the curtain, as sometimes I do, is there apparently is a outbreak in WWE as, of COVID-19, right? Sure. Yeah, it looked like How, everybody had to pull double duty. They brought Triple H out, you know. However, there's reports that, like, uh, Angel Garza was just sitting there and you had uh, Andrade yeah. just sitting there. And it's the, like, you the, have. Uh, Lucha House Party. Yeah. yeah. So not everybody had to do double duty. <laughs> but it's like, you have people. You just don't trust them. So what I would tell you is your bloated roster needs to be cut. Because obviously, mm-hmm. it's like having a 14-man roster in basketball well, and you only play six. They need to have less folks in there to slow the spread of coronavirus. Right. Uh, well, they did cut the roster, though, and that was kind of a dick move, too. We hit them up for that. Uh, Ziggler Rule, well, They do that chance. every year. They, they yeah, do that true. every they year. Do it, they so. do it. Coronavirus but this was, not. yeah, this was a yeah. little harsh because uh, of the coronavirus. Ziggler and Rude, first of all, with a terrible new tag team name, uh, defeated the Prophets and won the tag titles. So that's Wait a minute, what is it? What's their tag Dirty name? Dogs. What? The Dirty Dogs. 
What, do know. they have an STD? Well, I'm sure they've had several over the course of their collective careers. What the fuck is that name? They've probably had some congruent sexually transmitted diseases. They probably anyway. Dirty dogs. Dirty dogs. D A W. Are you fucking serious? D- yes, I'm fucking serious. Yeah. No. Yes. Dirty dogs. Yes, that's yes. And they have shirts. They have yes. shirts of dirty dogs. Dirty dogs. Dirty dogs. Ziggler, yes, also known as the Dirty Dogs. D-A-W-G-S. Didn't even go with the Z on the end of dogs. Dirty dogs. Dirty dogs. There are a couple of dirty dogs. And they're the tag team champions. I don't mind that they're the tag team champs. That's I mind that they're the tag team champions. These guys are the most pristine-looking vanilla yogurt we've ever had in pro wrestling. Like, they look when you, they're the getting off the bus award. Dolph Ziggler's given us a couple decent storylines, I think, in there. Rude might have given us one. But Mm. everything else has always been like, this is, okay. They're the same character in everything they've always played. Dirty dogs. I just can't get over that fucking stupid ass name. Who is writing the fucking names for these teams? I feel like these two guys came up with it themselves. Oh, because it's probably some it's probably some eighties hair band that no one remembers. So they're like, "You'll remember their inside joke on something." Well, it's like it's an homage to Guns N' Roses' third song on their second album. It's like, shut the fuck up. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Hey, uh, Robert Roode is a tag team slut. Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, But by the way, uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, friend of the show. Check out his uh, liners mm-hmm. for Spanish yep. announce table. Oh. Thanks for that, pal. But and dirty dogs is a fucking dirty dogs. It's gross. Dirty dicks, like the you dirty. know, like. But what I'm saying is, we've heard reports that <laughs> USA Network and Fox <laughs> have been saying like, get more edgy. One of the first steps would just be like, they're called the dirty dicks. Why? Well, look at them. They fucking the have herpes. These guys yeah, are the dickheads. Dickhead. Something. Just like dirty dogs. You know how you know how you know we've been doing this show a long time? We just suggested they give a tag team the name the Dickheads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> but seriously, what is it, the dirty dogs? That sounds like the villain in Paw Patrol. It's a terrible name. Yeah, it is. It's the it's the evil group that the like good dog cops are going after in a terrible Disney movie. The Dirty yeah. Dogs. Yeah. They're the like, dog gang. Bolt Bolt 3, if there's a Bolt 2, I don't know. but like The Bolt. Dirty Dogs were here. Yeah, the Dirty Dogs are here. The Dirty I Dogs did this, I know it. Look, they left their yeah. paw print. Yeah, there's their paw prints. We're going to get them. Never touch a Dirty Dog print because that will mess with your, you know, whatever. Because like, then never touch the print of a Dirty Dog because then you become a Dirty Dog. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> hey, Apollo Crews. Was not bad in this, like, slightly turning heel. Like, he's getting better with his, like, like I mean, he's slapping Big E. He's like, give me that, right? With the title and everything. Like, mm-hmm. not bad. Like, he's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, was a good, fine. it was a good, it was good early stuff for Big E, right? I liked it. It wasn't bad. I um, thought it happened. Uh, f- the flare thing. Lacey Evans and her creepy lines about, like, <laughs> 
you know, she was like, I'm going to change at the hotel and just, you know, we've, we've showed her husband and daughter on TV. Right. And now she's like with, and, and again, let's take a step out of pro wrestling Thunderdome world and realize again that this is a pandemic that we're all living in. And he is, I don't know, 8,900 years old. Ric Flair is 142 years old. Yeah, that's not shocking. And he almost died a couple years ago where the only thing keeping him alive was that dirty dog of a liver. And now we have him out here fucking hanging out with a tired-ass storyline where he's the grandfather of this chick he's supposed to be banging. This is worse. How, 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 how is this worse then the fucking Al Wilson, Don Marie, Tori oh, Wilson yeah. storyline. Right. Yeah, right. How is this worse than that? Or how's it better? Is that what you're saying? Like, how's it? No, I'd rather watch Al Wilson and Don right. Marie and Tori yeah, Wilson this is than worse this than shit. That. Yes, yeah, this is worse than that. Yeah, God I um, damn it. Yeah, it's just it's weird. You could have him helping young females without banging them. Right. Yeah. I guess we haven't got there, right? They they've alluded to that maybe. Oh, and she's putting her uh, his t- uh, t- uh tie over her face yeah. as like a flirty thing. It could all be Rick Flair thinks that Charlotte is too big for her britches and needs a dose of reality, so she he's going to take it upon himself to get his daughter refocused and back as champion. It could just be as simple as that. I'm fucking making her or realize. He just, you know what I mean? Like she said, stay out of my business. He's like, all right, well, I'm a businessman. So if I'm out of your business, I'm finding some other business and I'm managing her. And her first step into the title is you, right? That's all you need. He's a manager. He doesn't need to be the sugar daddy. Right. And by the way, by the way, by the way, Charlotte's the fucking tag champ. Why don't we yeah, have her in right. some tag matches? Yeah, I forgot about that. Poor Oscar. Um, yeah, poor Oscar. Again, you know who didn't pull double duty that night? Now, maybe she's one of the ones that have COVID, but Oscar wasn't there. What the fuck? Triple H was there, and again, this, obviously, they didn't hover too long. I thought, oh, here we go. It's WrestleMania season again, but no, it was, you know, he was there to fill a role and then get Randy Orton into that match at the end of the night. And again, perfect use of a veteran. Yeah. Um, their match was going brutal. Good. Mm-hmm. And then now we see Alexa Bliss back, right? And she's shooting fire too, right? So now we can play along too, right? We've got fire too. So, but that's all we get, right? So now yeah, we she had see the, what she next. had the glove that said pain, and pain, then she shoots the right? fire. Bah. Right. Okay. Hey, I like it because one thing that I'm finding more interesting about the storyline is everyone in the damn storyline is a fucking dickhead. And not Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. They're just bad people. So it's kind of like, I hope you guys all fight to the death and you guys all die at the same time. Because that'd be entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sympathetic that Randy Orton got hit with the fire in his face. I'm not sympathetic that Bray Wyatt got turned into a, you know, barbecue. It's just like. Yeah, it's like if Hitler was fighting Stalin. Yeah. And just be like, fucking, yeah, kill each other. Yeah, rip his mustache off. Yeah. Yeah. No, Man. you, the one with the big one. You ripped the little guys off. Right? 
That's a great way. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's Hitler fighting Stalin, and I right, like Hitler it. fighting Stalin. Like you know, I'm gonna watch the fight. It's gonna be interesting, but I'm not really rooting <laughs> yeah. for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel weird to root for one of these people. <laughs> like you can't do that, right? Can't show up in a Team Stalin shirt. Uh, it's fucking weird. Like I mean, look, I can't vote for him. All right, it's less. Right. <laughs> See, current events. We got that too. All right, that was about it. I mean, yeah, let's get we to can, tweet you know. the tables. Yeah, I picked out two of the best um, that we're gonna hit here. Um, I think they kind of sum up some of the good stuff that we that we hit on, right? Um, so tweet the table again. Hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. We are at table show. You do not have to follow us to play this game, but you should. That That'd would be, be nice. rude not to. Hashtag hey, tweet the table. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, again, on Wednesday nights, we are live tweeting. Uh, I am the gift king. I will give you a mm-hmm. gift if you uh, send a reply. Uh, that is a table show promise. Uh, so join us on Wednesday nights for, to watch AEW. And it, it won't be of his dirty dogs. Oh, Jesus. That is so. I mean, it might be. Damn. You know, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll, we'll start see. a Spanish announce table only fans. <laughs> ah. <laughs> God, that's huh? the. That's the worst thing I've heard this week. That's the yeah. worst thing I've heard this week. <laughs> and you've and, watched and the, pres- the presidential news, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the president got impeached. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, all right. Hashtag tweet the table. Let's have some fun. At Theo75 says, I can see Keith Lee versus Big E for the WWE title at WrestleMania. Main event. Hashtag tweet the table. I'm not this year. I don't think they're pulling the trigger oh, on them this year, but next I year I can see that as a main event. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that big, big beefy slapping meat just getting into each it's other. Big old boys yeah. slapping meat. The slapping meat, big men slapping meat. Who doesn't love that? Mm-hmm. Look at that dirty. I mean, dog. that's why we watch. <laughs> that is why right? we watch. That is why we watch big men slapping meat. <laughs> By the way, you can also email the show. If if your thoughts can't fit into a tweet, yeah, email the show, tableshow at gmail.com. Nobody yeah. did that. So hashtag be like somebody else and hashtag be like nobody else and tweet tweet or email the show, tableshow at gmail.com. But right now we're going to get back into the tweet tables. These folks have very quick, easy thoughts. At double A underscore W-I-R. That sounded rude. It sounded like I said they were dumb. <laughs> they have quick, easy thoughts. Yeah, These folks right here. <laughs> quick, easy thoughts. That's why they love our show. At double A underscore W I R, he says, Tim and Tom, for being such great podcast hosts, I have a huge surprise for you. Check under your seats. Just joking. Ah, that was such good shit. Hashtag tweet the table. So, the Britt Baker, the you know? That was a great, yeah. Seat. Yes. That yes. was a great, right. yeah. <laughs> I was really expecting yes. something underneath my seat. Yeah, I know. I, I was looking. How, it was, yeah. I don't know how he would have got it underneath this seat that I'm sitting at in my own house, but. Well, I may or may not have given him the key. Not the first person. Yeah. Sleep sleep with one eye open. Yeah. Tell you what. Fun fact, Tom. I don't know if you're aware. You never gave me a key to your house. All right. <laughs> Fun fact, Tim. You never gave me my book back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't need. I have a key to your house now. I don't. I didn't need you to give it to me. Is what I was saying. I, <laughs> yeah, Britt Baker. That was a fun one too. I like that. Like I thought they were gonna pull out something weird, and she was just like, "Nah." You're gonna right. I thought initially what I thought it was gonna be a photo of herself, 
you know, mm-hmm. like, a, yeah, like a signed hey, photo. Yeah. Yep. Or like a toothbrush or something to go with the dentist theme. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fucking nothing. It was great. And I like yeah. that they were wrestlers. It was, you know, obviously, but I like that it was, it was AW staff and it wasn't just random extras. Yeah, just so that made it a little right, bit more yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was fun. I like hashtag tweet table. I like the episode we had today. I think I'm going to name this guns and poses. This feels fun, right? Guns yeah. And guns and poses. And by all means, again, uh, as we started off the show, we'll end it as, uh, with the same note. Check out Wrestling Cheers. We are on there talking to Justin Summers. Uh, it is a fun podcast. We talk pro wrestling. We talk independent pro wrestling. We talk the uh, AFC Kansas City Chiefs playoff game. It is a fun conversation. Kansas City Chiefs. Right there. Defending Super Bowl champions. Right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. It's going to be great. It's Cleveland. Yeah, look at this. It's oh, yeah. right here too. It's look, at that. look at that guy. What man? He is so good at football. Who is better at playing football than him? No one. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed wrestling cheers as well. You should check it out. I enjoyed the folks who tweeted the table. Even those of you who didn't make the cut for the show today, keep doing it. Maybe next Definitely. time, just be better. You know? Just be a little bit better. And send an email. If you're a little bit better, you might then maybe get on the show. There it is. And send an email. You're probably maybe more likely because you know what? Nobody did that this week. So could have got in. You know, this was your you chance. Know, maybe try it in. again next week. Shouldn't have had quick, easy thoughts like these other ones. <laughs> the Spanish announce table.